0: Uh, another way not to understand this is Church of Jesus Christ and latter day saints mormons i didn 't get in too much into it too much, but um, I thought i 'd read something because they 're real tricky in that they 'll tell you that they like to say they 're Christian and they 'll go to the mat with you about hey, we 're Christian too, and I believe the same thing and they 'll they 'll even more than jehovah 's witnesses I think will try to convince you that they're christian too but um their founder who's joseph smith he founded in 1800 1820s is when he was supposed to have had his visions um and interpretations this is an excerpt so these are his words from what was called the king Follett discourse these get minimized a lot of times in the current church but you can always call them back to hey this is the guy who started it this is this is they put their money on this guy and he was not a good guy um, think David Koresh, that's that's what you're talking about, sleeping so with young girls. He was murdered in a in a shootout. They think because he was giving away Mason, Masonic, you know, the Masons. Um, he was giving away Masonic secrets. There is what they think why he got killed. Um, there's a lot, a lot of connection between Mormon practices and Masonic practices. Um, So, um, so these are his words. I'll just read a, a brief section. I will go back to the beginning before the world was to show what kind of being God is. What sort of a being was God in the beginning? Open your ears and hear God himself was once as we are now and is an exalted man. This is God, the father and sits enthroned in yonder heavens. That is the great secret. If the veil were rent today and the. And the great God who holds this world in its orbit and who upholds all worlds and all things by his power was to make himself visible. I say, if you were to see him today, you would see him like a man in form, like yourselves in all the person, image and very form as a man. For Adam was created in the very fashion, image and likeness of God and received instruction from and walked, talked and conversed with him as one man talks and communes with another. Um, I won't read all this. The scripture informs us that Jesus said, As the Father hath the power in himself, even so hath the Son power to do what? Um, why what the Father did? The answer is obvious. In a manner to lay down his body and take it up again. Jesus, what are you going to do? To lay down my life as my Father did and take it up again. Um, he goes on and on, but I won't keep reading. Um, if you ever want to have conversation with Mormons, this is a good little excerpt. I mean, it's really just one page front and back. Um, God the Father even is a man; just was a man just like you. Um, Jesus was one of many gods. Jesus's brother is Lucifer, Satan. They're brothers. Every human, a good, faithful Mormon gets after you die you get I don't mean to characterize make it like a caricature but this is this is at the core of their belief. You get your own you become like God. You get your planet, you populate your planet, you rule over your planet. Okay? It's polytheism. Mormonism is polytheism. Everyone you have the opportunity to become God yourself. God the Father, Jesus all of them okay so this is not what we want to believe okay this is this is different okay this is not what scripture teaches um this is part of where their um polygamy comes from the way for a woman to to uh get on is to be attached to a good mormon man and you get to go and populate the planet with him so you have multiple wives it all works from there. Which they go back and forth about now, but that's just what they do. They go back and forth. Same thing with Jehovah's Witnesses. They were It was 144,000, and then that was going to be it. They put the, pulled that from Revelation. But then their, the, the, the number of members rose over 144,000, so they had to reinterpret all of it. And you see these constant interpretations and reinterpretations. Um, because it's necessary, because it's a big lie. And so... You have to keep reinterpreting and reinterpreting. So, so they believe like Adam? Sorry. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, yeah, Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Believe like Adam was a god and Earth was his. No, he he could progress. You progress, so you're born and you progress. And like, I, I don't know like every single detail, but yeah.
1: God's first person that he it, like. Yeah. Adam was like a son of God, like mm-hmm. God's little creation. God was a person before. Yeah and he yeah <laughs> the earth he was, was god's world
0: yeah the earth was god's world and he and propagates if you were it in this boy, yeah he and then go on to
1: right. your own world that you then right move. but the and question it s- doesn't answer i guess it's like the beginning of all of this if god was just another good mormon you
0: know like i'm pretty sure it goes on ad infinitum like just like, so this this so continual it, thing
1: It went on before god mm-hmm. God.
0: I believe so. I can't speak authoritatively because <laughs> I haven't done enough on like the origin of everything. Um, research on it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's elaborate to say the least. Um, and not Christian by any means. The Trinity is one of the biggest areas where you can attack a Mormon because they will not say... Um, they will tell you that they would say Jesus is God. And they, say, they do say yes. They're one of the few that would actually say Jesus is God too. They just mean something entirely different than what we mean. Um, we mean he is the only begotten of the Father. He is the only Son of God. That's the distinction for Mormons. Um, this is where it gets a little trickier. Okay, anybody recognize the guy on the left? The next Billy Graham. Nobody. Potter's House, close to Duncanville. T.D. Jakes, um, Phillips, Craig, and Dean. We were listening to him when when y'all came in, singing the same song we sing at this church. Um, Oneness Pentecostalism. T.D. knows the politics of things, and so he denies Trinitarian language, but he won't officially make a, a out-and-out statement. He's what would traditionally be called, and has been dealt with throughout the centuries of the church, modalist, which is how a lot of us have the conception we have of who God is a lot of times. It's God... there is one God and He comes in different forms. Okay? So, let me explain. So, there's the Father and when He's creating the universe and doing all these things, He's the Father. But, whenever He was... But then, the same God was born of the Virgin Mary. Okay? And then the same God came back as the... There's lots of different iterations of this and how it works. But... It's one. So the easiest way is to kind of compare it to the scripture we've looked at. So when Jesus was praying and said, you are the one true God, he was praying to himself. Um, When at Jesus's baptism, when they stepped up, I don't even think I talked about that. um, That scripture they had. I'm sorry about that. So sorry. Jesus is baptized by John. He comes up. Jesus is there the spirit descends as a dove the father speaks from heaven they would say jesus was talking to himself or the you know god was talking to himself and appeared as a dove to himself they're not reconciling those passages something so you're like
1: this that when jesus comes to the earth the father god's gone
0: absent. he's gone yeah yep so they're saying no distinction. There's a lack of distinction between the persons. They're saying that when Jesus says, I do this of my own will, He's not really saying, I, but I do it because the Father tells me to. I do this in obedience to the Father. He's not really doing it in obedience to the Father. He's just doing it to Himself. They're trying to gloss over what Scripture says about the distinctions between the three members. What, what we looked at. They're, just, they're trying to make it easy. They're trying to make it... They're trying to... Relieve the tension. What? And unfortunately, like I said when we started this, I can't relieve the tension for you, but none of us can because that's who God is.
1: Why would we want to serve a God that's so easy to explain? Right. You know, like...
0: Which is a very valid question that people... But it's comfortable and we don't have to wrestle with that. And we don't have to... And we control it. You'll find a lot of false belief and false Christian belief comes from we control it. Yeah.
1: This may be evidence in words. But so I mean, just like you said, we were listening to Philip's Greg before we got started. Where does the question of their salvation <coughs> come into play when there's these different idiosyncrasies of what they're trying to explain? Right. Because in the same aspect, <coughs> Tiffany, who is not practicing, right. believes something Absolutely, she yeah. wasn't raised. Right. She believes that she's a Christian. Right. She answers some of the questions right. But right. Some things that she doesn't feel comfortable with. Like the two pieces she just explains away. Right. I have some friends who were raised Catholic. Right. They say they're Christian. Mm-hmm. They believe some of the stories like the Noah's Ark are just fake. Okay. So they understand what like,
0: right. these
1: people do. A large portion of it, right. but there's
0: this section over here. Right. Where does salvation come what from? What is the central Christian belief? Is that yeah. That's the question. And it's a very good question. And, you know, Phillips, Craig, and Dean, just to be a little more explicit, they're different than T.D. Jakes. They are called um, Jesus-only um, Pentecost Or Jesus-only oneness Pentecostals. They say Jesus is the only God. Um, there's several different forms of modalism. Like, okay, they're, you know, they change. They actually change at different times. Okay, they're just appearing. It's like different masks that they put on, that God puts on, and he's pretending the whole time. Um, so the question of when does it become... <clears throat> when is the the question of faith, right? Um, so each member of the Trinity plays a vital role in the Christian faith. Um, any, any concept of the gospel and salvation, let me see how much time we have, because I don't know if we have, um, we probably don't have time to actually do this activity, but you can do it on your own for sure. Um, uh, and you're welcome to email me about it, like I said. Um, <laughs> the, the Father sent the Son, uh, the Son died to provide for our salvation, right? This is an, an essential part of, this is John 3.16, what we say all the time, the Father sent the Son. Um, The son died to provide our salvation. The son died for our salvation. He is incarnate. He he became a man and died for us. And that's why we have salvation. The spirit seals us as God's own until we're fully redeemed. The spirit plays a vital role in, in our salvation. In who we are. That's what, John, that's what Jesus is explaining the disciples in John um, 16, 15, and 16, particularly. Um, uh, 14, 15, and 16, really. Um, that's what Paul explains. And if we have time for it, I'll get there. In Romans 8, he's just kicking it out of the park of why we need the Spirit. And what the Spirit does for us. Um, so, the, the question is, how do you... Write an explanation of the gospel if only the Father is God. So there is only one God. Um, how do you write an explanation of the gospel? Um, where only Jesus is God. And this is a big issue, especially when we think of the doctrine of the Trinity, because I was 23 whenever I found out about the Trinity and I realized I was mildly heretical. I kind of, I did, I was pretty modalist in my thinking. It was, it was God, it was father, Jesus spirit. I just threw them all in there. They were in a big pot, right? My professor called it. God is glob, right? He's just up there and I just kind of deal with them all. And it's all interchangeable. Um, that this, you know, some of it, you, you. how does a person know they have faith? Or when does a person have faith? Um, when they entrust themselves to, to what Christ has done. And um, in, in, when they've truly entrusted themselves to what Christ has done. That's kind of an answer, you know, um, an answer that we can give. When is that line drawn? Was I a Christian? Do I believe I was a Christian before I was 23 sitting in the seminary class? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Did I, could I have explained the Trinity to anyone? No. In fact, I tried. I actually I had my first class on a Saturday and then drove home and I, was, I tried to teach it for the first time the next day. That was the worst teaching experience I've ever had in my entire life. Thirty seconds in, I looked at I looked down at my Bible and I said, "I do not want to be here right now." Not inside my head, thankfully, not outside of my head, but it was terrible, and I feel sorry for the people who had to sit and listen. Um, because, but was I a Christian before then? Absolutely, you know, I don't doubt. But this is this question, and this question helps understand the, um, helps relate the realness. of of why why can I defend that I was a Christian before then? Because I had a true understanding of the gospel. Anyone who has a true understanding of the gospel has a true understanding of the Trinity, even if you can't verbalize it. You know, that's where I say like the doctrine of the Trinity, it wasn't created by the Nicene when the church fathers got together in Nicaea. It was the first attempt at explaining it together in a in a united way. What do we mean when we, when we talk about God, when we talk about, when we talk about the Father, when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about the Spirit? Um, it's a tricky, it's, it, it's not one for us to answer, I think is maybe more uh, a, the best way to put it. My professor, who really hammers home on the importance of doctrine, Always said, said to us, and, and I thank him continually for telling me this it's never my responsibility to determine if someone's a Christian or not. It's always my responsibility to try to help them come from wherever they are in regards to the faith and move forward. If someone's a Christian, then I'm moving them on. I'm helping, I'm encouraging them, I'm informing them, I'm leading them along in their faith. If someone's not a Christian, I'm introducing them. I don't have to make the distinction whether I'm introducing them or whether I'm leading them along. I'm just helping. That's where... And and so we don't have to bear this burden of trying to decide, you know, um, uh, but but we can have this resolve. I want to help them from wherever they are to move beyond that. That's what... We can have in our hearts to do, you know, is is which is part of, the, at least for me, was always part of that question. Mm-hmm. Um, what can I do, or what should I be doing? I should be helping them, whatever. Yeah. Um, does that help?
1: Yeah, I mean, cause honestly, I think that's probably a part of this whole family dynamic, which everybody else prior to me coming into the family focused <coughs> so more on is she a Christian or not a Christian? Instead of just loving her where she is and, and having discussions about little things that she right. wants to talk about. Right. So come up on She believes she is. They don't.
0: And right. it's
1: this right. battle of the will. Yeah.
0: And, you know, in this church, like we've been going here for a year and a half and we chose to come to this church. Of all the churches around here, we chose to come to this church because of the emphasis on Scripture and because we believe in what they're doing here. And so I don't ever want to but if we're looking at honestly at this and, and we've had an experience in our community group and we've heard other people sometimes we can get and, and I think this is not against the church leadership or anything, but we're so driven and in a good way. We're here at at four you're here at three thirty in the afternoon on Saturday. Who does that? Who comes to things? Why is my room not empty on the tr- to teach on the Trinity at this time of day, right? we've got to but it's important for us to distinguish what is our job and what is not our job because in order to do our job we have to have a right understanding of what our job is and our job isn't it's when we push ourselves hard i found this in my own life i I see it in others what we like to do just like the pharisees did is we like to sit on the seat and we like to judge and determine when we've When we've put this investment in our lives and and, and we've grown in our understanding, we'd much rather determine and judge and sit up there and go, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. You're doing good, you're doing bad. You're doing good, you're doing bad. Rather than get in the middle of it and say, wherever you are, I'm going to help you come along. And that's the example we have in Christ, though. And that's what can't be denied. And I definitely see that just as much from this body as well. You know, definitely don't hear me saying anything negative about this body. I love um, uh, what this church is doing and pursuing. But it's ours to get in the middle of it. That's what Jesus did. (laughs) He got in the middle of it um, and, and sought to bring us along, sought to do. He asked the question, what does this person need me to do for them to help them? That's what he asked. Not... Are they good or are they bad? He knew the answer to that question, you know. Um, What does this person need me to do? And like you said, a lot of times the answer is they need me to have a conversation about knitting. And I don't give a rip about knitting, but they love it. And so I'm going to sit here, I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to do that for five years with them so that they know that I care about who they are and I care about them. And then when they ask me five years later, what a, what about this? I've never gotten this. You know, if they don't ever want to be honest, they don't have to be honest. We can't make anyone believe. But through relationship, through doing these things, um, we give ourselves opportunity to speak into others' lives. Um, and I think, and and if we have a wrong understanding, like you said, of Judging people, you know. I hear this, as, I hear the same thing, especially when it's like, um, like homosexual members of a family or these kind of things. And they're so focused on, and I hear these great Christians that I'm friends with talk about, like, they're disgusting, and they're, she's disgusting, and she disgusts me, and blah, 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 and she's the biggest, you know, blah, or he's the biggest flamer, or what, you know, and they're saying all these things, and they've lost the mind of Christ. They've lost the heart of who we're supposed to be. Which is we're not supposed to. We're not judges. He's the judge. It was given to Christ to judge. We try to come along and we try to move towards truth, um, and that's not deviation at all from what we're talking about here. Um, that's the conversation. That's why he made himself a conversation rather than an answer. God did. You know. God is that. You know. Um, uh, and he chose to reveal himself. It's interesting. You know, when we think about why didn't Jesus ever just say. Hey, I am absolutely God. I am absolutely the same one that was in the Old Testament. I'm here now. We're only one, but we're three. And just get this straight. Right? Because he could have done that. But he didn't. And there's a reason for it. Um, And a very good reason for it. Because it's this conversation. It's um, It's this movement towards truth towards life, towards Him, which is what we're going for. Um, uh, so, kind of the way I wanted to wrap this up, I don't know how much time I have to wrap this up. Not too much time, but this is, this is good. Um, this is about right on time. Um, so, why bother trying to figure all this out? Because, once again, we come back to, I didn't give you an answer. I gave you a conversation with Scripture, with the belief of Christians throughout history, um, what is who is the God that we serve? Um, why bother going to this effort? Because it's effort. It's going to be an effort to explain it to someone. It's, it's an effort to learn it. It's an effort to continue to work to understand it, um, and you never get to finish <laughs> either. You know, it's not like you have to wrap it up in a bow. I'm not done. I had all these seminary class. My seminary group was 120 hours. I three hour. I took one three hour master's level class over nothing else. It was Trinitarianism. And it's not like I got it all wrapped up in a bow and I'm good to go. You know? It's, you can work as hard as you want and you don't come to the end of it. Which is how we should expect God to be, right? But, um, uh, but understanding the Creator, the more we can do it, the more we can have that understanding, helps us understand His creation, right? Um, uh, if you see a painting with, you know, this Cubist right you think picasso or you know if you're an art person if uh, you see a certain motorcycle right um you think harley davidson you you have these associations because the one who creates something has an impact on the creation the person who whoever that person is you know when i create something it's mine and there are characteristics of me within that and the same thing is true of creation he chose you know in humanity he even said explicitly Um, that uh, I create them in my image. Um, And he meant something by that. Um, Understanding God helps us understand ourselves. Um, Understanding God helps us understand how we can be what he always meant for us to be in the first place. Um, And so, just three uh, implications of the Trinity. There are far more than this, by far. Um, uh, (coughs) But... And I'll try, you know, I'll just kind of do these in a concise way um, for the most part. But first of all, uh, the re- a reality grounded in a communal God, right? Which sounds very abstract, and it is kind of abstract to a certain extent. But we are the only ones who would say, other than a polytheist, which means something very different than us, right? Um, a polytheist is... They're just all out there. And, you know, even a tritheist, someone who said there's three gods is very different than us because they don't share the unity um, that the Trinity has. Um, but particularly in relation to monotheists, this is Muslims, um, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, um, deists, these kind of um, people, if you know what that term means. Um, uh, reality granted a communal God. Uh, is there love if there's only one? Can love exist with one? Love in general is something that's related between two things, right at least. Um, love is a communal uh, characteristic. Can, if we think of the, the definition of love, it, it has a tendency to be a communal characteristic. Um, what we see within ourselves, and I think, particularly in relation to our society, our society is individualistic. Um, uh, you hear people within our society talking about, and the church, this church, talks about this a lot. Uh, you you hear people talking about, and you see this draw in. I can be a Christian and never go to church. I can be a Christian and be all by myself. And What they mean is if I look at the doctrine of the gospel that I can do that as a you know, as an individual, you know, I can find if I found a Bible on an island, then and read it and believed it, then I could become a Christian all by myself. And I don't want to deny that that's that that's a reality. But the idea that Christianity is meant to take place as an individual is false. Um, just like God does not exist by Himself, um, He exists in a community of love and self-giving and this, this relationship within Himself, we as humans are created for a relationship. This is a, a part of... And we as Christians are meant to... Live in relationship. Hebrews uh, ten. Oh, I forgot it. I, I should have looked it up before. Um, uh, it's in Hebrews. If you want to look it up, do not let us forsake gathering together, as some are in the habit of doing, and by it have suffered a shipwreck in their faith. Their faith is destroyed. It's. I. I, I don't want you to. You know, I'm not denying that you can be a Christian and not go to church. What I'm saying is. Nowhere in the New Testament is it ever suggested that that's how Christianity was meant to be. Certainly in the Old Testament, I mean, you don't even have close to an argument in the Old Testament um, because it was the nation, you know, it was was peoples. Um, But in the New Testament, we really have to come to terms with we need each other. Um, If you look at the imagery that's used, look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a good place to look. It's the imagery of the body. And his whole argument is, we are essential to one another. We need each other. We need to, and this is where, this is where some people get thrown off, not only do we need to receive from one another to, be, to live a truly Christian life, we need to give to one another to live a truly Christian life. And this comes to uh, my second point, Um, because whatever we want to say, you know, and and surely if you if you go here, you've heard this before that we do have this. We want to imitate Christ. He is the one he is. He is the he was the perfect man. Right. He is what we hope to be. He is what we look forward to being eventually in in the sense of who we are, um, our character. Our actions, how how we um, he's what we're trying to move towards. Um, Philippians three is great for that. Um, if you're if you're not totally sure what that means, Philippians three, as well as um, uh, uh, Romans. Uh, what's the verse? Um, he works all things together for the good of those. It's Romans eight somewhere. Um, he works. Uh, all things to the good of those who are called to, to his purposes in Christ Jesus. And we like to, you know, you know especially these days, I've just noticed you know, over, the, over the past 10 years or whatever, I don't think I've heard part of a verse quoted more than, or, or uh, part of a statement quoted more than that verse. And what we like to do is we like to say, so that means everything will be okay. And so that means it'll all work out in the end. But in the next verse, he says, for he's using all these things. This is a paraphrase. He's using all these things to mold us into the image of Christ. That's good. The end, the the culmination, the working together of these things is that we imitate Christ and who we are. Um, and I think... What Philippians two uh, one through eleven? The reason why I picked it—it's—it's it's called the kenosis, of the coming, it's the embodiment. It's talking about what Christ did whenever he, um, whenever he chose to do what the Father asked him to do in becoming a man, um, uh, and being obedient as in that. Um, And this is kind of what, what Paul is encouraging. He says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in Spirit and, one, and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others in your relationship with one another, have the same attitude of, of mind Christ Jesus had, who being in very nature God, the very strong statement, if He's not God, right? This is the essence. This is the, who He is, is God. Um, uh, did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage is the translation I have. You might have something to be grasped. The... The point of this is, is he he had the right to be treated at all times like he was the sovereign ruler of the universe because he is. But he didn't worry about that. He didn't worry about his rights. He didn't worry about making sure everybody knew who he was. He let go of that. It wasn't something it was he was valid. It was valid for him to maintain that. Um, but he gave it up um, Uh, He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him, God the Father, exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you see this relationship that they have, Jesus, has, and he makes it very clear throughout his ministry, particularly in the, in the Gospel of John, I'm deflecting. I deflect the glory. I'm right to receive it, but it's not wrong to praise me this way, like say the angels would say, "No, no, don't don't do this to me." Or Paul, and um, in in the book of Acts, the, this happens to Paul, and he says, "Don't worship me, worship him." He deflects it. He this is this is part of that that relationship, a demonstration of the complexity of that relationship too. Um, but I think the biggest thing that that we want to take away from this. Um, And other things, like I had said earlier in John, in the book of John, Jesus continuously said, I do nothing of my own initiative. I do what the Father sent me to do. I do what I see the Father do. That his the primary characteristic that he had, and therefore that we should be seeking, is submission to the Father. It's not doing it's not making sure we read our Bibles all the time, you know, enough, which is part of the Christian life, for sure. It's not making sure we pray enough, which is part of the Christian life, for sure. But all these things are working to to develop in us a mind and heart like Christ, which is exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about. It's what do they need me to do to help them, to love them? What can I do to love them? It's, that I lay aside myself and I ask what he would have me to do with my day. That's our progression. That's Christian growth, and that's, that's where we find Christian life as well, is in seeking to be submissive to the Father, seeking to imitate that relationship that he has. Um, this is a whole lot I understand right at the end, but when when we're all zoned right now. Three hours is a long time, both to teach and to learn. Um, and then finally, how do we live a life defined by obedience to God? Um, Romans 7.14, through that's chapter 8. Chapter 8, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so really all of... He takes Romans 7.14, and there's, there's debate about what's he actually saying. But 7.14 through the end of chapter 7, he's clearly... Um, he 's clearly dealing with the fact that I try to do the right things and I do the wrong things um, uh, which surely we can all you know as hard as I press myself I what I see coming out doesn't resemble what I wish it would um, oftentimes when i 'm trying my hardest um, which is the exact sentiment that he's expressing and so he concludes so he kind of um, he finishes up this section. Um, By this, what a wretched man I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Um, And then he expresses a little bit of hope. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, So then I myself in my mind and am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. So he's saying, okay, well, at least I know Christ has paid for the sin that I do. Right. So even though I see myself still doing the things I don't want to do, at least I know I I can be secure in Him. But then, at the beginning of chapter 8, and all of chapter 8 is dedicated to um, this. what kind of the core of this is is communicated in verse 1. Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He says, not only am I not condemned for the sins that I do, which is what he's been talking about in the previous chapters, is that Jesus Christ is the one we all sin and fall short of the glory of the God? Uh, glory of God by what He's done, I can be redeemed, right? He says, "So we're not condemned that way anymore." But now there is no condemnation in Christ, and the answer is the Spirit and the Spirit working in us, because we work to submit ourselves so that the Spirit might produce good things within us. Um, is, is what he talks about. you know, <clears throat> And he starts developing this contrast um, between the flesh and the spirit. Um, I won't read it all for sure, but he talks about, "...for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the sinful nature God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful humanity to be a sin offering, and so He condemned sin in, the, in human flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. So the picture that he paints is, we, are we dead yet? No. Do we still have our sinful, broken down bodies? Yes. And unfortunately, we still have a part, a part of this sinful, broken down body is that sinful, broken down nature. And the essence of the sinful, broken down nature is I want to do what I want to do. Um, what did Adam and Eve do? Well, God said, "Don't do this," but the fruit looks good to eat. It's um, it's pretty, and it's desirable for power, for knowledge, right? First John uses the uses those same things again: lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, boastful pride of life. He does that intentionally to refer back to Genesis. It's it's these things that draw. Oh, I want I want for myself. Um, this is why the the. Uh, the example of Christ is so important that life is found when we want for the Father. When we want to do what the Father wants us to do. When we want to do what others need us to do rather than what do I think I need myself? And how am I focusing on myself and trying to get what I can get? Um, And the thing that allows us to overcome that is the Spirit and focusing on the Spirit. And obviously I don't have time to... um, And none of us has the brain power left to go over all of that. But... um, but just as an introduction, just to I'm trying to whet your appetite to understand who God is is really important. It has functional importance. Not, this isn't like often space and clouds. This is how do we when we answer how do I live a Christian life, who God is is important to that answer. Right? Okay? It's not don't let people talk you into, ah, oh, that's just a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, which is a lot of what the oneness Pentecostals do, is they try to treat it like it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal because it's who God is. And His character, His nature, everything flows out of who He is. Um, thank you so much you know, for coming and um, spending the time. It's been a pleasure. This is my first time to get to teach through this, so... Um, I really appreciate y'all good yeah and don't forget the surveys Um, okay did anyone else need a survey there you go did you have one you got okay all right there you go and like I said um if you want to write down like on your uh and what I know yeah that's all right Judge, uh, essentially, or the uh, the essential things here. I'll write my email address. You're you're welcome to uh, to write this down and use it anytime. It doesn't have to be about the Trinity. Um, <laughs> I didn't spend eight years in seminary just for nothing. I I, um, I spent it so that I might know and so that I might be able to help others in all aspects of the faith. So uh, that's at hotmail. My handwriting's not very good but <laughs> <coughs> sorry i couldn't give you an answer on the like the answer like oh. the <laughs> sorry sorry i couldn't give you the thing like uh no 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 you're welcome. Just uh, you can just put the surveys on the table right there. I meant just like I couldn't give you something like what's the Trinity like? Oh, bam! You know, one line. I couldn't give you a one-liner. Sorry, I couldn't give you a one-liner. Maybe that's a good way to put it. Well,
1: I already kind of expressed it, but I would have yes. been disappointed. Yeah. Okay, good. That's
0: good. You should have been ex- disappointed if I had. <laughs> And if, you, if anyone has any questions, you're welcome to come up and ask or anything like that.